Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Bottas Muse podcast. In this episode, I interviewed Jason Gilbert. He's a master in creating voice assistant. He's sharing his knowledge on creating conversations for a robot for the elderly and lots more. I hope you like it. Welcome to Botter's News Podcast. This podcast is all about staying ahead of the curve through the implementation of personalized one-on-one conversations with your audience. We focus on designing personas, the conversations they are having, and the technology that is enabling the dialogue. Here are your hosts, Hans and Jerome. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Botter's News Podcast. Today, uh, we're privileged because we have Jason Gilbert with us. He is, <laughs> yeah, he is uh, 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 very funny on LinkedIn. We just talked about it uh, regarding uh, conversation design, conversational AI. And I had a great chat also prior to this interview about robotics and the projects that he's doing now. Jason, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is a great honor. A long-time fan, first time appearing, first time appearing on the show. So thank you for having me. It's very excited to be here, and I hope I don't disappoint the fans and the people that are listening in. You know, I know you've had some great guests in the past, so I'll well, do my best. I'm I'm definitely excited because you can bring some juice in 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 the podcast, right? Because sometimes that's difficult talking about tech. So I'm going to learn a lot, both from conversation design and from uh, from uh, from doing it uh, and more juicy. So yeah, hey, uh, we talked about this. The listeners don't know it yet. Uh, you have a great background in conversational AI. And mainly, which I'm not that familiar with, uh, also uh, voice, uh, I'm more into chat. So could you introduce yourself, where are you coming from, and how the heck did you arrive in conversational AI? I would love to do that. Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I started off uh, as actually a filmmaker. My, my background is in filmmaking. I studied uh, screenwriting uh, and filmmaking in college. And it wasn't until 2015 I sort of stumbled onto this, uh, I replied to an interactive screenwriter position at a company called InPerson. Uh, what it was, it was a conversation design job, but they just didn't have a name for it in 2015. This was before there, was, there were conversation designers. And so what we did was we created interactive screenplays, which were for the bots. Those were the dialogues for the chat bots. And uh, our first, my first chat bot was uh, we, had a, uh, we were accepted by Techstars and Disney to an accelerator was in 2015 and i went out to hollywood and worked on miss piggy on the miss piggy chatbot which for facebook messenger which was amazing because i grew up i love the muppets i grew up watching the muppets miss piggy and kermit and then to get to a point where you know i'm in my 30s going out to hollywood and working with the head writer jim lewis who wrote all who writes all miss piggy's content working on this chatbot for miss piggy i was like oh my god this is a whole new world like this is, for me, this was just a combination of technology and art and, and just this being able to take these characters that, you know, I love cinema from, you know, from television sure. sort of in a trans, transmedial way, just sort of like extend the experience for fans to, to just like, okay, it's not, they're not just these icons on the screen. I can actually chat with them, talk to them. Uh, and so I, I, that was an amazing eye-opening experience for me. And that led to a few years of working on some of the greatest chatbot projects and, and voice projects. I uh, talked about voice. My first voice project was um, uh, actually, it was for a movie called The Commuter. Okay. <laughs> for a movie called The Commuter with Liam Neeson. I don't know yeah, if anybody yeah, yeah, yeah. in this audience has seen the movie, but we created this really fun experience on for uh, Lionsgate. That was the name of the studio. 
in which you, Liam Neeson, we actually used Liam Neeson's voice. Liam Neeson is the chatbot. And Liam Neeson is on, you're on a train and he needs you to help him find someone on the train who's going to blow up the train. And so there's this like, this sense of like uh, adventure and mystery. And then you are playing a character, but you're yourself and you're on this train. It's a very interesting experience. And it was on the Amazon Echo and the Google Home. And to me, it, it was just, it was wild because I'm like, wow, this is a whole new type of experience. Like, I don't, I've never done anything like this. I've seen movies and I've seen radio shows, but this is somewhere between a movie and a radio show and, and like a, a web thing. Like, it just wasn't clear what it is, but it was fun. Right. Uh, and, and so for, for the next few years, I created experiences for a lot like Warner Music and for Disney and, and voice experiences on mostly entertainment based on the Echo, the Google, uh, the Google Home smart speakers and stuff like that. Right. And for the past uh, yeah, two years, I've been working at Intuition Robotics on a social companion robot for aging adults in the U.S. And uh, the name of the robot is LEQ. And LEQ is this adorable little robot that looks like a Pixar lamp. And she, right. She has yeah, I saw it today. You posted again on LinkedIn. Everybody should follow Jason about great things. But yeah, you, you just Thank posted you. it. Uh, 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 with a picture yeah 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 that was really nice yeah, yeah it, it was very emotional this post and i don't know maybe you can share a, a screenshot from it because what i'm talking about in the post is something that i'm really proud of and it's something that i've uh it has to do with my work on leq and now leq is meant for aging adults and a lot of these aging adults uh are 65 plus they've never or they haven't been able to leave their house they don't have the type of help that they need to maybe be as mobile as they'd like. So a lot of times they find themselves for hours and hours, and sometimes days upon days at home by themselves. Right. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, if uh, my parents, you know, my grandparents were in this situation, my parents are the same age as the LQ customers. So I kind of like, I have an understanding of their needs more or less uh, um, that a museum, an art museum is something that my parents used to love to go to. And I, you know, and it's something that a lot of people in that age group can no longer go and see and so i decided to bring uh, the national gallery of art in washington dc is offering online images so you can sort of source great artworks by monet you know impressionist works modern works and display these so i created this virtual art exhibition customers and the feedback that we're getting is uh these people are very emotional that they're doing something that they haven't been able to do in years because of the pandemic because of their condition uh, and so in a way, to me, this is like uh, I'm, I'm helping them uh, I'm improving their quality of life. And for me, it's, it's really a closing of a circle because I, 25 years ago, I worked in the art museum and I got hired right out of college, right out of film school at the Degas exhibition in the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And this is some of the works I'm displaying are by Degas. So uh, for me, it's like a full cycle. Um, yeah, but that's just a... Marvelous. <laughs> just yeah, you just mentioned... You just mentioned that you went to Amsterdam with the Conversation Design Institute. Of course, you there have also the great museum, right? So uh, it's also you can also visit that one uh, in 3D. So perhaps they, uh, they can also provide the provide the stuff, right? That uh, that will the be the Rijks cool. Museum, right? Yeah. Talking about the right the Rijks right. Museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. I think that um, my goal would be to have all the museums in the world yeah. offer right. these things to visit to people, so that people like our customers who are unable to you know, travel to Amsterdam or, or the Netherlands to see this can enjoy it from their own home. 
Um, it would even be cool that 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 the sixty-five-year-old is looking at the Rijksmuseum, showing the children that the children then go to Amsterdam to see the Rijksmuseum for real life, right? That would be really cool. absolutely. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible the types of things the way you can affect uh, people's lives in a good way uh, using this uh, AI technology and by using ro- robotics and things like that. It's right. just so for me. I come from a very very privileged uh, position of creating very entertainment and fun and, and you know not everyone's experience in this has, has been like mine but i'm very lucky and i sort of really uh i'm happy that this was the path that i was chosen for me because i am really enjoying what i do and i think that i would love to do this for the rest of my life right hey a little bit on the conversation design side of course there are conversations in this way you talked about providing uh, the elderly with conversation and showing them um, uh, a museum. Could you share a little bit on what LEQ, if I pronounce it correctly, uh, does more for the elderly? Because we talked about that as well, a little bit of the conversation and the purpose of the conversations. Absolutely. So the, um, the overall purpose of LEQ, LEQ is not there to replace human contact. I think that's one of the big things that we're trying to focus on. Uh, it's not that we're trying to say, hey, we want you to have less people in your life. It's quite the opposite. LEQ is there to help promote more communication with the people in your life. In your life. So, for instance, uh, she has video calling capabilities. So you can then, if you're maybe you're 70, you don't really have, you're not comfortable using a smartphone. You can just say, hey, LEQ, call my daughter, uh, you know, and then they'll have a video call. But it's not just about communication. LEQ is there as a companion as opposed to uh, some of the other, like uh, Alexa's, uh, you know, Alexa or Google who are in the home. LEQ is proactive, meaning mm-hmm. that she doesn't wait for you as the customer or you as her companion to say something. I mean, cool. if she notices that you're there, she has cameras and she notices your presence and, you know, all these conditions are met, then she will engage in a conversation with you. And these conversations improve over time because she gets to know you. She understands your hobbies, the things you like to do, when you like to do the things, your daily routines. Um, and she, what, what her main goal or her main function is to help you stay sharp, both cognitively and mm-hmm. physically, uh, and to try and be happy. And Ellie, yeah. she's, she's kind of like, I, I see her as like an extension of uh, with my humor, <laughs> uh, you know, she tries to be empathetic, but she also tries to be, you know, make light of situations and tries to, through levity and through humor and satire, really try to um, improve quality of life for people who are a lot of times kind of like alone and, and, and just have right. no one to talk to. Could you dig a little bit deeper on sort of conversation that she then starts proactively, as you're mentioning that she's doing proactively so that the people have a little bit of an idea on how these conversations then start oh absolutely absolutely so let's say for instance you wake up in the morning you're you know you're not 65 yet hans obviously you're young i'd say you're probably in your 20s so sorry 26 so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's say if, if you the were two kids in, by the way <laughs> yeah amazing how you had those so young and so um it's say you wake up in the morning and you're you know you're you're in 70 by yourself and you uh uh you go downstairs uh, or you go to your living room where leq is uh and you sit down and then you know she lights up her lights up so she looks at you and she's oh good morning hans it's right, those kinds of uh yeah, july cool. 5th 2022 uh today is uh like for instance yesterday she was like good morning today is guess what today is and yeah then they would say, fourth of july 
4th of July. And she's like, yay, today is the day where I go from LEQ to barbecue. Yeah. Uh, and so she has that. And she's like, okay, so how did you sleep last night? And so the, it doesn't end with just a, a, cordial, right. a cordial greeting. She wants to know how you slept last night because she's remembering how you've slept for the past few days. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A pattern of how well, at least how well you're reporting that you're, she's not monitoring your sleep. We're not that invasive. Right. But she's able to based on conversations with you, understand how well you're sleeping. Uh, maybe if something is bothering you, maybe there's something that's happening at night that's bothering you that then like, you can then say, well, maybe I can share that information with your daughter or maybe I can share it with your doctor in some cases if this serious. Right, that's how far the conversation goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so really our, our, her main goal is to provide you with companionship, but in a way she's also there to take care of you and, to, and also to provide comfort for those in in her, in your life, let's say maybe your son or your daughter is interested in making sure that you're, uh, you know, that you're active and healthy and they can say, you know, I want to make sure that maybe when was the last time uh, with your approval, of course, when was the last time, uh, you know, you saw Hans or when was the last time Hans played a game of trivia with you so that we know, okay, he hasn't been seen in a few days. Um, he hasn't done anything. Maybe he's down. So there's a lot of ways without being very explicit of finding out how you're doing and right. engaging your overall mental and physical health. Right, right. Thanks for sharing. Great insights. My head is spinning around. How do you structure then all these conversations? Because some are, yeah, time-wise in the morning, in the afternoon, and otherwise are regarding health and stuff. So I'm just thinking like, hey, how is Jason adding new stuff to certain areas with the conversation, with the responses and all the entities and stuff? So great uh, question. I think that would be very critical, like in thinking like, hey, I'm thinking like you have thousands or 1,500 or 3,000 kinds of conversations that go into each other. And I don't even think where to begin. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question, and it's really an issue that uh, we still haven't cracked entirely. There's still a lot in the way of things that we're still working out. Right, because it's not linear, because some go over in the others, and, and I've seen conversation design solutions, but those are quite linear with, I'm creating categories and put these conversations in, and then, and, but Absolutely. It's, it's just horrendous then. I'll give you an example uh, of what you're saying, just to give cool. it the, the people that are listening at home some kind of like context. So let's say um, we have a, the plan where when you say, hey, I like you, I'm leaving. Okay. Uh, if you say, oh, where are you, where are you off to? Um, and, you know, you say, oh, I'm just going to the bank or whatever. And when you come back, so oh, how was it at the bank? It's one of these things, right? But let's say, for instance, you tell I like you, hey, I have surgery next week. I'm really nervous. Uh, oh, okay, what's, what's wrong? What are, you, you know, what are you going in for surgery for? You know, maybe my foot is really hurting me. So, okay, now you have this piece of information that you know this person has, this customer is, has, a, has a, a surgery coming up and his foot hurts. So LEQ will then adjust some of the content offering based on this new information. So, for instance, he's not going to offer him or her uh, extreme uh, physical exercise because right. this person obviously is not in the condition, you know, this person also might be overly uh, stressed. Now this might be, there might be additional levels of stress and, and anxiety brought on by this oncoming. So everything changes. So LEQ, the, the, to answer your question, there's really, it's, it's, it's a constant tug of war between 
priorities on plans on which one is going yeah. to based on real time things that are happening and information coming in. A lot of times uh, we get it wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There are times yeah. when we don't get it right, which this is, this is in many ways, this type of social robotics is a brand new field. There isn't anywhere. There isn't a Google search that I can say, okay, well, how did they do this? How do you, how do you solve this design issue? Uh, there isn't. And so we solve it by trying things and, and sometimes, but you're right. It's incredibly complex when you have all these parameters of, okay, it can only be proactive between the hours of nine and 1030 in the morning. Only if this person is not, if the condition, if these conditions are met yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, when yeah. this yeah. and, and it's yeah, like, yeah. all these checklists, like tuck, 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 tuck. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of developers that are, that have to look through it. And even after they look through it, there's still a lot of issues. So. And how do you create then these conversations? Because you have conversation design software that you can connect with platforms. You have, of course, conversational AI and voice uh, uh, type of solutions where you do both, right? It's also the engine and it's, and, it's, and it's the conversation flow that you can create. How do you then document stuff uh, and, and hand it over? Or is it not needed to hand it over be- because of the complexity? It's a great question again. You're good at this. You do this oh. often? This whole... <laughs> I don't think so. I just want to understand and, and try to figure out how, it's a good, it's how a good can you manage this to, to don't yeah, yeah. to let, let LEQ break it, right? <laughs> it's incredibly complex. It's an right. incredibly complex system. And even the most basic change, the, yeah. a tiny change in one place, it's like it's the butterfly. Something up. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole thing collapses, and it's like, uh, and you don't want to be the guy who did that because everyone's like, oh, he, Jason did that because he uploaded the you know a JSON file with an error syntax error, uh, 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 and now everything or the wrong condition on the proactive entry and blah blah blah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 really 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 tricky, but um, it depends. Listen, we have our own proprietary software. Okay, yeah, 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 right. Uh, building platform which we use. Um, but there's so many amazing platforms out there. It's not ours is, you know, no different or better or worse than some of the ones out there. Um, but we have a very unique system uh, as a, this is, and it's new for me. I'm not used to this system. I come from smaller companies where I used to, uh, I, I wouldn't have things like product requirement documents uh, that we would need to, you know, a very a 30 page document that has every scenario of, you know, proactivity, uh, reactivity, and how the, the agent behaves in every scenario, what modalities, right. what lights. So, so all these things are written out in, in like this uh, requirement document before, and it gets passed over to developers that then implement right. the actual uh, right. thing. But I think with today, a lot of people that are watching this are probably doing it on their own. They don't have very complex robots, but you have agents that may have, sure. you know, they may have complexities built in. They may need to make a call to the CRM, the back end. They may need to get information about a membership, about a customer. So there are complexities, even in basic voice and, and chat based yeah. applications and agents that you need to account for. And I think that there are enough platforms out there um, that are visual prototyping platforms that are right. for people like me who, again, like I'm not super technical. I prefer something a bit more visual, a visual editor, video editing. I prefer something that's like more of like a visual editor where I can take, you know, like nodes and blocks and just put stuff on top of each other. Um, But in this case, uh, we we work with product requirement documents, which is a way for us to hand it off to developers that then have the unenviable task of trying to make sense of what I just wrote on that that design doc. And then testing, right? Which is sometimes the, the biggest burden 
for going through the whole cycles, as you already mentioned. How do you come in and then that it responds uh, well? Hey, we're, we're focusing a lot, uh, uh, not to mean negative, but on pitfalls with implementing bots uh, regarding persona design, conversation design, or picking your technology. Could you share a little bit on, on pitfalls on, on, on your own, just in general, or on conversation design that, that you think that our listeners should avoid? Uh, yeah, there's so many of them that they should avoid. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. I think the biggest, the single hand, the, the biggest mistake that I see everyone and everyone makes, and I make it sometimes too, is this uh, desire to want to try and solve everything with this one agent. Say, okay, this I'm going to create an agent that does everything. Right. And I think that that's a big mistake. And they come in and they don't really understand what needs to be solved. They don't understand. They understand that they have pain points and they think, well, okay, I'm just going to get an agent and that will solve everything. But really it's not the case. And what happens is, is that if it causes more issues down the road, a lot of times it's good to do the due diligence, find out the specific pain point that you're having has however small the use case is and to figure out whether automation or a chatbot or a voice agent is the right solution. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes just because a stakeholder in your company says, Hey, I need a chatbot because our competitors have chatbots doesn't necessarily, or a voice agent doesn't necessarily mean that your organization or enterprise will benefit from having mm-hmm. this automation. It really depends on whether you have a problem that would benefit from having an automated system with a personality and, and that's fun, take, take it over instead of having, you know, humans do it at that stage uh, right. to clear up, yeah. to clear those humans up to do other more meaningful or more uh, complex tasks. Sure. So I think, the biggest thing is biting off more than they can chew. Uh, it's important to find a very narrow and to, to sort of grow from there as opposed to taking on this, something that's huge, disappointing everyone in your organization, losing the funding, and then saying, oh, that was a that was a, that was a Yeah, yeah. So, never, um, a never-ending project, right? And when it eventually comes, then everybody's disappointed. Like, is this it? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So I think you want to avoid that. Build small and, and, and involve these people along the way. Involve the stakeholders along. Give them a sense that they're involved in this. Don't just give them it to at the end. Let them see the stages because if they feel that they're involved in the process, then they're less likely to try and cut the sort of pull the plug on it when it's not exactly right. like the best thing possible. Because all of us know, you release a chatbot or a voice bot the first week or so. There's issues. You need to like no matter how much testing you do, you need to uh, put out some fires and you need to get it stable. And you, to, you know after a few two three weeks. You got seventy percent of the queries covered. You're doing well. Everyone's very happy. Right. Uh, but yeah, getting, people getting of course that, feel involved in that they were allowed to think with you. Right. It's never a good project, especially a technology project in general, to uh, to leave the curtain uh, down and to just go with the big bang and then say, "Hey, here it is." After half a year, then then everybody's disappointed. Hey, and on the, on on more in particular, a little bit deeper on conversation design. Some, some, some really pragmatic operational tips perhaps on what to avoid and what to do and what not to do, especially on voice. Uh, as uh, many people I find that I bump into go into text first, then what, what did you think of with the voice bot or the agent, as you call them? <laughs> so with voice, there's a lot of issues. It's, it's a different world than text. And I think oh, yeah. the first, first mistake a lot of people make is they assume that both of them can live on the same um, database or the same, it could be the same ego or the same character, the same, like the same instance, yeah. uh, meaning they're not going to make any significant changes between the text and the voice agent, which I think is a huge mistake because your communications on text are different. 
than your communications and voice. So this this uh, desire to try and cut costs and save time by combining the two into one is, I think I see that quite often as a mistake. Uh, and I think that once you understand that it's, you need a dedicated design for the voice because it needs to be, it needs to be shorter. Like you can't have long, with text, you can get away with longer chunks of text because people can skim through it. With voice, especially if it's being like when you're hearing it, it's like you can't have a big chunk. Have you ever asked Alexa to read like a, a Wikipedia entry? It's the most tedious thing to listen to. After yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. For the first 10, 15 seconds, right? I got the information. That's all I need. And then she just goes on and on for what seems like forever. And it's just like, yeah, that's not a good experience. So I think right. the same thing holds true for your experience is to reduce the actual a, a number of words. Uh, Hans Van Damme, uh, the CDI, always talks about this one breath test, which I like, and I use that quite often too in my designs. The one breath test is um, if you can, if you can't say the entire utterance of the bot or the agent in one breath, it's too long. So <laughs> right. you, have to, you have to stop and take a breath. Yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah, yeah. good point. Then, yeah. then it's then it's too long. And I always kind of use that as as a, like a, you know it's, basis. Again, these these rules are, are are meant to be broken. I've had experiences on voice where actually one of the characters that I created on voice was um, Murdoch Nichols was a, a band member from the Gorillas. It's a band, British band. He's very verbose. He talks a lot in real life. Like, he's not a real life character. He's an animated character, but his personality yeah. is of someone who's just very uh, 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 he's talkative. talkative. So you yeah. can't. Yeah, you can't make that person in the bot form all of a sudden not be talkative. So no, he tended no. to talk no. a lot, but it was okay because it was in his in his character. Right. So I, I, that was that was the justification. But for the most right. part, if, unless you can justify your agent being very talkative, which I don't think is the case in most time, keep it short. Right. Good. 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 Hey, the most funniest uh, conversational AI or voice bot that uh, or experience that you have. <laughs> I had one oh. about 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 the about the manager that they could ask the manager how to set up uh, your soccer team, which was was kind of cool in an interview, uh, which I like. Um, uh, yeah, we used to have Hans Hans Van Damme used to have this show where we used to review uh, uh, Alexa skills and, and right. voice bots yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It was called Hans and the Botman, and so we had a few episodes where we did some really funny, I mean, laugh out loud funny agents. Uh, I can remember two of them offhand. One of them was. Sasha Baron Cohen did a Borat uh, skill. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I, 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 I would, I never laughed so hard as I did with that skill. I, we, we had so much fun in the office with that. And there was a company called Moon Pie. Moon Pie, they make these like uh, they're like tasty cakes. They're, they're this company that makes like these uh, very highly processed sweet oh, cakes. Yeah. And when they create. When you eat at that three o'clock, you don't have to have dinner, right? Exactly. Yeah, for the rest of for the rest of the week. Right. Uh, and so they created the Moon Pie Moonmate, and it was this your roommate, and he was just this very annoying, obnoxious guy who would eat your food in the fridge, and just uh, it was just so bizarre and and weird and unexpected. I was just, it was just hilarious. It was so funny, uh, and I think more people need to do 
more companies and brands need to take chances like these people are doing because no yeah, one wants they're to scared right that's just scared a scared. Death. yeah everyone wants to have their, they don't want their they're just deathly afraid that their agent will say something wrong and it's right. like okay you know what you can't live like that you can't create an experience like that uh because it's not fun very difficult so, yeah. Yeah, yeah i i when i see companies that take chances and do things that are unique and, and out there with ai i'm like oh cool i, I yeah. like this uh, so those two come up to mind as like these right. are funny all right I will look up uh, those videos and put them in the show notes. Great, great. Uh, ultimate step. When you would really start with uh, conversational AI with agents or with voice, what would be the ultimate first step for people to say, hey, great, when you're thinking about this, this this will be a good one. You shared already a little bit like, like don't do the big bang and make very concise on where you can add value. That's what we also definitely believe from a bot implementation perspective that we provide discoveries to create this roadmap, right? That, that, that you have this vision, but take it, take it small and don't let technology beat you. But what would, from your perspective, with your experience, be an a important first step what people would, would, would start with? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of places to go with the, the first step. It's hard to say what the first step is, but the first yeah. steps, I would say... One of the things that I always say is, the, for me, is a first step is the character profile of your agent. Um, okay. People forget about this step, and they say, "Well, it's not that important because we're a bank. We don't need a personality. We're, we're just doing we're transactional. So please leave us alone. Let us go and talk to our stakeholders about creating this agent." I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> yeah. wait." Right. Um, what happens is what people don't understand, and I think this is sort of uh, it's funny to me, but this is a big uh, a big mistake is that whatever. Whatever your bot says, your agent says, if it's chatter voice, whatever it says something, it's it has a personality. It, meaning, sure, it has it has a linguistic. It chose a language. It chose the specific words. I mean, the person writing it chose the words. But as far as the end user or the customer, or the person talking to the bot, it chose words. It chose a gender. It chose a, a name. Sometimes it chose all these things. So I will, as someone using this thing, I will anthropomorphize it. I'm going to give it the face. I'm going to give it, it's going to, to me, it's going to be, okay, well, maybe this is Tom Selleck, or maybe this is, I don't know, maybe this is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, someone that, you know, I, I don't know. But the thing is, is that the company, the brand, your brand, the one that's putting out the bot loses uh, its hold over who that, who their brand is or what, what our, what's representing our brand. And so it's very important that you give a personality, and it's different, th- uh, persona, I would say, a persona to your, because personality content is slightly different, but it's important that you give your persona or your agent, even if it's just a transactional bot, understand that it has characteristics, which will then be translated in the user's mind as things that are associated with your brand. So right. unless you want people associating things that you don't want with your brand, you would need to get ahead of that and say, okay, well, this is our character. It doesn't have to be a very strong character. It doesn't have to be a funny character. It doesn't have to tell jokes all the time, but it needs to be defined. And I think that that's the step that most companies or people skip. The other thing is kind of what I was talking about earlier is getting stakeholder um, involvement. And I think this is super critical. And every successful project that I've had, I've involved them early on. Every project that has failed, every project that has been descoped, every project that has sort of been shelved are ones where the stakeholders weren't involved at any stage until the very end right uh, and when they got into the stage they were like what is this this is not what i asked for <laughs> this yeah. is not what this is not what i'm paying you for yeah. so it's important that they get on early and that um you share with them iterations early on and they have a sense 
that they are affecting. And it's not just uh, lip service, the fact that you're actually taking their input and either implementing it or addressing why you're not implementing it to give them a sense of, okay, well, I have, this is a shared, uh, uh, this is a shared experience that I'm involved in this. This isn't just something that I have to sign off on. So. Especially some people find it very futuristic. Let's put it that way, like voice and bots. And then it's definitely important that, uh, that they're taken by the hand from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, almost last questions looking at the time and uh, the attention span of people, but uh, uh, anything that you want to share that we haven't covered or that I haven't asked that you think like, Hey, this, I would like to share. I would like to share something. I would. I would like this opportunity to share that this industry is, um, it's, it's, it, it's still brand new. Like I right. said that earlier on in the conversation, 2015, there was, it didn't exist. And now we're at this intersection right now where the metaverse is coming our way. The metaverse, everyone's talking about the metaverse, the metaverse, the metaverse. But right. It, there will be in the metaverse this, this need for conversation designers all over the place in fun ways. And what I mean by that is, okay, first of all, you're going to have gaming. My, my son's a big fan of like Roblox and all these online games where you create avatars and you're sort of you're doing too, these things yeah. online. Um, and so I can see already this need to start creating NPCs and characters in games that are more interactive and just, you know, not just the like choose an option, like a menu, but actually interacting with these characters. And I can see gaming companies seeing the value of this and saying, okay, well, we're going to hire people to write content for yeah. our main characters and our IPs and our games. But also you're going to have in the metaverse, you're going to have banks and stuff, which is weird to me, yeah. but that's going to be a thing. And you're going to need people that are going to write conversations for the agents in the metaverse that are handling your transactions. So uh, there's this, been this dip recently in, in the bots and conversation design and chat bots, yeah. but I, yeah. I really feel that we're at the edge of this, this, this like – this industry is just going to be booming. And so if you're thinking about going into conversation design, I think that right now is probably a really good time to to sort of boots on the ground and start your career in conversation design. Yeah. I was just checking with my kids, nine and 11, that they were on Roblox building their house and having their restaurant and stuff. And even their house throwing a party and then people come in and I was asking like, Hey, how are you now communicating with them? Right. Well, yeah, you can chat. And I was thinking, okay, then suddenly sometimes you will have your glasses on and it will be 3D and you're walking around as well and you're going to have a chat with somebody. It was very interesting, by the way, very funny that they could just click the right mouse button and say, kicking you out of the out of the party like that. That was kind of cool. It was not talking to them, <laughs> chatting with them. Would you please leave because you're not invited? Now it's just the right mouse click button. Yeah, just get out. The funny thing was that the lady that came back into the house again and my boy was a little bit like hey why is he coming back and then he found out that the door was still open in the front so that's how (laughs) real life it is and people don't think of that so i'm definitely we're also in the with bots of a platform where you would interview people that's all bot would interview them and that would be really cool that uh yeah that avatars walk around and ask them like hey what do you eat in the morning, right? And uh, what do you like and all that sort of stuff. Doing some market research in the metaverse. That's, that's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, similar thing. Incredible. So, uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely, the metaverse is definitely going. Uh, and then conversation design, there will definitely be agents, bots running around, robotics that, uh, yeah, 
That's really cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Jason. Um, for people that would like to connect, and I strongly advise them to do so on LinkedIn, uh, I will put the link in the show notes. I think any other places where it's good to connect or would that be the, the spot? Well, listen, uh, I will say that I have a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel. <laughs> but that uh, uh, the TikTok is... Uh, and YouTube are more silly. It's mostly tech videos. Everything I do is sort of tech videos and tech related. Some of it, most of it's conversation design. Some of it's more broad, right. the absurdity, the absurdity of the tech world. But I do a lot of funny videos on TikTok and and, and uh, YouTube. So uh, if you if you really like the videos and you know you want to see the ones that don't make it on LinkedIn because they're not professional enough, head on over to YouTube or to TikTok. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. That's, uh, of course, uh, for me to then finally install TikTok on my mobile as my sons already have it to, to follow you. So that's, that's great. Well, James- I will say, I will say before you go, the TikTok is incredible that as a content creator, I find inspiration yeah. there right. all yeah. the time. It's, it's yeah. inspiring. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird stuff there, which I don't mind, but there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff if you want to learn. TikTok is strangely a great place. So, What you already said, I'm sometimes too much engaged in LinkedIn for the serious stuff. So we should think about that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True, so true. Jason, uh, thanks so much. Great insights on the robotics and what you all can do with a very complex uh, voice uh, design, but uh, great examples on uh, how to make the world a little bit better and uh, in a funny way as well. So keep on going with your videos on, on LinkedIn and we'll install TikTok. So thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate it. Cool. 